Where are we going, Brother Rob? Sorry. Where are we going? In the Bible. Oh, okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians. Open your Bibles. Second Corinthians, Brother Rob. I don't think I've ever been asked that in that way before, but okay. Uh, let me give the teens announcements real quick. This Friday is our road rally, uh, 6.30 to 9.30. Let's see, is this one on? There we go. Um, uh, cost is $5 for that teen, so uh, note the co- uh, change in cost there. Uh, please be a part of that. Um, and then the other announcement that I'll make with the teens, uh, more so for the parents, um, the, uh, there's only a few of you in here, but that's okay. Um, the uh, awards banquet this year is May the 26th, May, Friday, May 26th, uh, at 6 o'clock. That's going to be at Serafino's uh, restaurant here in Wallingford, and the cost is $25 per person. I have a sign-up list. Most of your kids have already signed up, um, but uh, you, maybe you can provide some clarification in terms of numbers. Obviously, you are invited and encouraged to be a part of that. Most of you know how that works, but um, just wanted to make sure that parents are aware because, as I have said before, the communication level between parents and teens is often minimal. And so I want to make sure that uh, all the information that you need gets to you. So uh, if you have any questions, of course, uh, just see me about that. So Second uh, Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 8. <clears throat> so teen guys, I apologize. Maybe, maybe the Lord knows you need to hear this again. Uh, we've been going through, uh, in our Teen Guys Sunday School class, been going through Paul's epistles. And uh, this is just something that's been, that's kind of stuck with me. And, and um, well, well, we'll get into it here. In, in our Teen Guys Sunday School class a couple months ago, actually, because we're going through 1 Corinthians, we were talking about spiritual gifts. And uh, so we, uh, one of the, one of the class, t- class periods that we had, we took a spiritual gifts quiz uh, I don't know, have any of you ever taken that, that type of thing where you kind of go through and, and ask you questions about it and kind of gives you, uh, you know, what your spiritual gifts might be or where your talents might lie or where you have, um, you know, different things like that. I, I uh, found the results pretty much what I expected, um, but I think what was maybe more helpful was seeing the areas where I was lacking and the areas where I scored really, really low on that quiz. And, and some of that was, uh, was kind of convicting and uh, saying, okay, that's, that's not the way that it should be. And um, one of those, you know, it was easy to see strengths and gifts and stuff like that. But again, seeing those, seeing those things where I was struggling or maybe wasn't as uh, proficient as I should have been um, was a challenge to me. And one of those areas uh, was giving. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, maybe for my sake, more than anybody else. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But again, we were, we've been in that, just in the next book uh, in our Teen Guys Sunday School class, talking about 2 Corinthians and uh, chapters 8 and 9 here, um, talk a lot about giving. And so we're going we're to see if we can do two chapters tonight. I know I, I know pastor gets through a couple verses, and then on Friday nights as we go through chapters of the Bible, I have... Very, I struggle so much, like Pastor does, to get through the things that I want to get through. And we're going to attempt to do two chapters tonight, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know that, we will, uh, that we'll get through it all. But um, when we talk about giving, usually, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind is our money. And with good reason, obviously, we're commanded to. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of that tonight. Um, but obviously, even beyond that, if, we, uh, if you've been in this church, especially for any, any period of time, or any uh, like-minded church, it's, you've heard, obviously, giving is not just about your money. Uh, we want to give the alliterated outline, your time, your talent, and your treasure. Um, and uh, you want to give uh, all of that to the Lord. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, and I agree. Uh, I agree with that for sure. But uh, the way we do that may look different than just putting money into an offering plate or, you know, the drop-down tab on the online giving thing. Um, or it may look different than just teaching a Sunday school class. It may look different than helping, coming out to the church to help on a work day. And, uh, you know, giving is, is beyond all of that. It, it is much more than that. It is those things, yes, but it is much more than that as well. It could be helping an individual in need. It could be um, spending time with someone who needs a friend, someone who is lonely. It could be uh, providing a service to someone who is sick or disabled. Um, Paul obviously talks much about giving. Um, and, and though Paul was a missionary and 
needed, this, needed the financial support, just as our missionaries do, it's very evident from Paul's writings and his letters here that it, when he talks about giving, he wasn't talking about it selfishly or, um, or you know, to, for personal gain. He doesn't make it about himself or, or his ministry. And even, even at times we see uh, uh, situations where he tried to refuse a gift that, that churches were trying to give him. And he obviously, again, un, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, um, makes it very clear that, that giving is about, is about obedience. It's about yielding to God. It's about serving. And um, so we're going to, again, we're going to talk about giving a little bit tonight. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8, we're going to, again, hopefully go through two chapters. We'll see how it goes uh, and maybe glean some truth um, about giving. That may be, just, may be just a reminder to you, but it might, as it did with me, uh, provide a, a challenge or a, a conviction or in some cases even a comfort to us. Let's go ahead and pray first and then we'll get into, uh, we'll get into the word of God tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us, God, and as we'll see tonight, that is the very foundation of uh, the mindset behind our giving. God, I pray that you would, uh, would, would help us tonight. Would you, uh, would you speak through your word and uh, help us to see from your word the truth and, uh, and the changes that we need to make or the steps that we need to take, Lord, as we strive to... Uh, become more like you, and we strive to uh, follow closer in obedience to your word. Bless us now, we love you, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so we're gonna kind of go, just go through, hopefully both of these chapters tonight, kind of section by section, outline form-ish. Um, I, to uh, pastor's um, chagrin, unfortunately, uh, I do not have these alliterated, and so I apologize for those of you that that's gonna distract. Um, on a serious note, though, I, I, I do love alliteration. I, I really enjoyed it. It does help me to, to remember things and all of that. But especially with, with scripture, I do not want to force alliteration for the sake of alliteration. I don't want to, you know, try to wedge something in there that doesn't make sense or doesn't fit with what scripture says. So if it's not, if it doesn't come and doesn't flow, I'd rather just say what the scripture says. And that's what we're going to focus on tonight. And so hopefully you guys are, it doesn't matter. You guys are okay with that. It's the Bible. You're here on a Wednesday night. Um, so let's get into it. Chapter eight, uh, chapter eight, we're just going to kind of go through section by section here. And uh, verse number one, verse number one, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that, in, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And so we see here in, the, in these first couple verses a testimony about uh, the churches of Macedonia. We do you to wit. We want you to know about this. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, obviously, and uh, they had their own issues and struggles, and a lot of that they got right between the, the uh, letters of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. There was a lot of uh, improvements made and a lot of uh, change that was made uh, between 1 and 2 Corinthians. Um, and uh, so he, he's mentioning here, Paul's giving a testimony about the churches of Macedonia, and verse number two, a verse that a lot of you are very familiar with, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy... And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. These people were going through it. These people were going through a struggle. They were going through trials and afflictions and poverty uh, as a result of these trials. And yet they, it says, uh, it abounded unto the riches of their liberality. They were still giving. They were still being generous. And I know when we say the word liberal, red flags go up because of our political scene nowadays. But obviously in this case, when we're talking about giving, we're talking about generosity here. We're talking about being good to people and being, uh, being giving people. And uh, so again, th this whole thing is just gonna be about principles of giving. So in this first, these first couple verses, I see that we need to give regardless of our circumstances. We need to give regardless of our circumstances. Again, these people in poverty and, and, uh, and in affliction were still willing to give. They were still willing to give. They, in fact, they begged Paul to take the gift. They begged Paul, you, you know, sometimes you, you, you offer something and say, oh, no, I'm good, and you put it back in your pocket or whatever. But, uh, but in this case, they, they, they wanted to be the blessing to Paul. They wanted to give, and they wanted to, uh, they wanted to, to obey God. Um, 
And we understand in, from verse number one, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. That was the foundation of their giving, was the grace of God. Uh, and and they, uh, they understood how good God had been to them. A lot of times when we're going through a struggle or a trial or affliction, maybe not the same as these people, but uh, a struggle nonetheless, it's difficult for us to remind ourselves how good God is because our focus is on the struggle, our focus is on the affliction, our focus is on the trial. But these people were so reminded of that and that was so deeply ingrained in them about how good God was and how gracious God had been to them that they were therefore uh, willing to give and they were willing to be a blessing to someone else as a result. And so uh, give regardless of your circumstances. And at the end of each of these sections, like I do in Sunday school, guys, I, I, uh, when I'm studying through the Bible, I often will ask myself a question. Uh, if, if I'm reading a chapter or reading or writing something in my journal about, about a passage or something like that, I'll ask myself a question about that passage. And so the question that I have um, about this little section here, these, four verse, these first four verses is, do I give regardless of my circumstances or do I make excuses? Because it's easy to make excuses sometimes and say, it mentions poverty here, and I don't know anybody's financial situation in here, okay, except my own. And, uh, but, but we all probably have been at a point sometime in our life where we said, oh, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know, you know what's going to happen here, but that's an excuse. These people, despite their poverty, despite their trials, despite their affliction, uh, because of the grace of God, we're willing to give and, and we're generous in their giving. So do I give or do I make excuses? First of all, in these first four verses, we need to give regardless of our circumstances. And by the way, these are, these, the only order that these are in is literally just in the order that they're given here, okay? Uh, and so uh, in um, verses five through seven, verses five through seven, let's look at verse number five. Continuing talking about these churches in Macedonia, giving their testimony. Verse number five, and this they did, the giving, the giving of the gift there, this they did not as we hoped, we didn't ask them for it. This they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he, as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. So a principle of giving, we saw first give, give regardless of your circumstances. A principle of giving that doesn't just apply to money, obviously. This, this is more of a foundational one. Give yourself to God. Give yourself to God. In verse number five, I love that. And this, it, it is, it's one of those challenging verses that we look at. And these people, it says, this they did. They gave, not as we had hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. And then unto us by the will of God. Give yourself to God. It's much easier to give to please God when you've dedicated your life to him. When you've given your life and control of your life over to the Lord and over to the word of God and following and in obedience, it's much easier to give when you have that mindset. But if you're constantly, constantly nitpicking and, and picking and choosing, as Pastor talks about, the, the things in the Bible that you're, gonna, that you're gonna obey, the things in the Bible that you're gonna adhere to, or if you are still struggling with the God's will versus my will, which we all do from time to time, if we struggle with that, it makes giving a little bit more difficult. Once we've dedicated our life to him, once we've given our life to him and allowed him the control that he deserves and that he craves in our life, it becomes so much easier to give. It's easy to, it's easy to give once. It's easy to even give once in a while. But when we're talking about long-term, and again, I'm not just talking about money here, okay? Although, again, that definitely applies. Long-term giving of yourself to the things of God requires a commitment that goes deeper than just, well, this is just a one-time thing. It goes beyond that. It, 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 you need a much deeper commitment level in your heart to the Lord if you are gonna give long-term to the Lord. And these people, had got, these people had gotten to that point, they realized, I need to give myself to God first and foremost. If, if I give myself to God, he will direct me in the right way. He will lead me into righteousness. He will lead me to obedience and into what his word wants me to do if I will just give myself to the Lord first. And they understood that concept. They understood that principle. So they did that. 
And they gave themselves to the Lord and therefore were able to give and be a blessing to the people of God and the ministry of God. So again, the question that I asked myself at the end of this section would be simply, does God have my heart? Does God have my heart? Does he, uh, does, do I give him the control that he deserves? Do I give him the, um, the preeminence in my life? Do I prioritize the things of God in my life? Have I given myself to God as these people in Macedonia did? Then we see in verses eight and nine, verses eight and nine, I love this one. This is such a good, good little passage here. Verses, verses eight and nine, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. He's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you what, you what to do here. I'm trying to encourage you because of what they have done and what they have seen happen in their life and in their ministry, okay? They, they've given, and because they've given, God's blessed them, okay? And so I wanna encourage you about that and maybe challenge you a little bit to follow in their footsteps in verse number eight. But then we see in verse number nine, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. I love that verse right there. Christ gave up the riches of glory to come down for our sake and take on poverty so that we could be taken from poverty unto riches. That is, I love that verse. That's so good. We need to give because God gave himself for us. We should give because God gave himself for us. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't encourage you, if that doesn't like get you excited about what God has done in your life, man, I don't, I don't know what it is, but something like I read through verses like this and it just, it just gets me going. And I love it. God gave himself for me. Giving, by the way, if you look at, if you look at again in verse number eight, um, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. To prove the sincerity of your love. Giving is a way for us to manifest or prove our love to God. It's really easy for us to verbalize it. Oh yeah, I love God. That's easy. No sweat. It takes like two seconds. But when we're asked to prove it, when we're asked to show it, when we're asking people to reveal that in their actions, it takes a little bit more. It goes beyond just our words. Giving is a way that we can prove our love to God. And should, not to others necessarily, Okay, that's not why we give, and we'll talk about that later. That's not why we give. Hopefully we know that, we understand that. We don't give to impress others, okay? We give because we love God. We give because God has given himself for us. So, we give because God gave himself for us. If, if only my giving was looked at, would God know that I love him? And again, not just talking about my, my giving statement that we get from the church at the end of the year. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how giving I am towards others, how giving am I of my time, of my attention, okay? Of, of, my, of my skills, my strength, whatever it is, how giving am I? And if God were to look at that alone, would he, would he know that I love him based on how much I give? It's a way for us to prove our love to him. Let's look at verses 10 through 16. Verses 10 through 16, we're gonna continue here. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient, this is beneficial for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. And we'll continue through verse 16 in just a second, but this is, this is uh, an evidence of growth in giving. He's talking about forwardness. He talked about being forward a year ago. He said, you've grown in this area. You've become better. You, you've, you've taken steps in this area. Here and I give my advice for this is expedient uh, for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by inequality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that hath gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. And so 
we see fourthly here in, in verses 10 through 16, we are, we are supposed to grow in our giving. We're supposed to take steps in this area. Now, God does not ask you to give what you do not have. I mean, first of all, that's logical, okay? Um, you know, I'm not gonna, please don't ask me for a million dollars. I don't have it, okay? I cannot give you that because I do not have it. But God asks you to give what you do have. God asks you to give what you can. God asks to give out of what you do have, out of your money. He asks you to give out of your time. He asks you to give out of what you can do. As we grow, hopefully our faith grows, hopefully our mindset grows, our perspective uh, become, becomes uh, closer to what the word of God shows and reveals. And as we grow in that area, we can give a little bit more of our faith. As we grow, maybe, maybe even as we grow financially, we can give a little bit more financially. As we grow in terms of knowledge, as we grow uh, in, our, in our understanding of the scriptures and in our experience, maybe we can give in that area in terms of teaching. In, in whatever way it is, as we grow, we should grow in our giving as well. And this also, as we see, um, uh, let's see, verse number 12, for if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. God is not, God is not in the um, comparison uh, business as much as we are. In fact, not at all, except in comparing us to himself and his son. Uh, we, we often compare ourselves among ourselves, and obviously we are not wise, as the Bible says. We, we live in a society where it's all about social media, and we, we, people that, that just, you know, they have to share everything online, and it unfortunately has been to many people's detriment that they see only people's life highlights on social media and use that as a barometer for their own lifestyle. And man, my life doesn't look like that. And we live, in a, we live in a world of comparison. But thankfully, God's not that way. God says, okay, I, I don't care what I've asked these other people to do. I'm focused on you. This is what I want you to do. We look at the end of the Gospel of John, I believe it is, where, where Peter comes to, Lord, and what shall this man do? He said, if I ask him to tarry till my coming, what is that to thee? You, I'm, I'm giving you a specific calling. I'm worried about you. You worry about you. Don't worry about what, they, what they're called to do. You worry about yourself. Not, a, not in a selfish way, not in a, I only care about me. No, but I, I can only control me. I can only, I can only obey for myself. And so whatever God has called me to do, I am responsible to obey. God may not call me to give in the same way as someone else. Again, whether financially, whether in terms of knowledge or teaching, whether in terms of, of time, whatever it is, whatever God has called me to do though, I must be willing to do it. Which leads us into the next verse, or uh, in verses 11 and 12 both, as, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have, for if there first be a willing mind. Yes, God has called us to give individually, but we must be willing. We must be willing. And that goes, we, we see examples of being willing to give all throughout the Bible, all the way back even to the Old Testament. As many as was willing, they brought unto the, um, uh, for the materials, for the, for the tabernacle, for the temple, for all these different things. We see the people that were willing the people that the, it, talks, it also uses the phrase, the Lord stirred up their hearts to give. Yes, it is a personal thing, but that does, it is an individual thing, but that doesn't mean, well, as, you know, it's a personal thing, so you know, I don't, as long as nobody else cares, nobody else sees, I don't have to give. Well, no, the Lord still wants you to give. The Lord still wants you to become willing. The Lord still wants, again, you to grow in this area. We must become a growing in our willingness to give as well. And then we see in verses 14 and 15 here, or verse 13, I'm sorry, for I mean not that other men be eased and ye burden. He's saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying, well, you're the only one that's gonna give and everybody else has it easy and everybody else is not responsible. No, that's not what he's saying. Okay, he's saying, I am in verse 14, but by inequality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want and their abundance also may be a supply for your want that there may be equality. He's saying, okay, as, and we could talk about other illustrations. We are the body of Christ and fitly joined together and how we are supposed to function together and, and be united in our purpose uh, uh, to follow the Lord and to serve him and to get the gospel out and all of that. And, and that is, and this is another example of that, how that all of the ways in which we give to the Lord are supposed to work together for each other's benefit. 
and for the benefit of our community, for the benefit of our church. It is supposed to work together like that. Uh, as it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over. He that had gathered little had no lack. Every, and then we see this in the book of Acts as well, um, that they, they, they had all things common. And I'm not saying, that, I'm not suggesting that everybody brings their paycheck to the church and we put it all into one big bank account and distribute everybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the Lord's gonna take care of you. If we will obey the Lord, and if we will listen to him, follow his leading, be willing to give and give what he has called us to give, not worried about anybody else. If we will do that, God will take care of us. He has promised that. He's promised that we're not gonna lack. He promised that, that he will give us exactly what we need. Then we see in the last part of the chapter, uh, which it talks about Titus here, uh, verse 16, but thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. And so Titus had grown in this area of giving, but then we see as he continues uh, in verse 17, for indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches and not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance, which is administered by us, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be inquired of, they are the messengers of the churches in the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show ye to them, and before the churches, the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. Paul's kind of bragging on Titus here a little bit. What does that have to do with giving? This may sound a little weird, but Titus gave God a good name. He made God look good. The way he was, the, his, his, uh, his actions, his decisions, his knowledge, his wisdom, his performance of these things made God look good. Having a good reputation, being a good representation of Christ is just as important as being giving, being a giving person and giving of our time, our talent and our treasure. Uh, Paul, again, he brags on Timothy here, whose praise was, is in the gospel. He's, he's saying the right things, he's giving you the truth. Um, he was chosen of the churches to travel with us with his grace. Um, he's the best of the best. Avoiding this, that no, <clears throat> that no man should blame us in this abundance, which is administered by us. Um, look at verse 21. Providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Um, our reputation is not just about what we are in public. <clears throat> and our, our representation of Christ is more than just what we are when we're in church more than just what we are when we're up in front of people, more than just what we are when, we're, when we can be seen. Um, some of the, it's, there's many variations of this quote, but um, many people have said, what you are in private or what you are when no one can see is what you truly are. That is the foundation of your character is what you are when no one's watching. And God forbid that we should be one way when we're at church and when other people are watching and a different way, whether at home or at work or somewhere else, God forbid. And what does this have to do with giving? Well, giving, again, is, is not, is, is, giving is awesome, giving is great, we should give, that's the whole point of what I'm talking about here, okay? But giving without the life to back up the God that we're trying to represent in our giving can, can kind of seem hip, hypocritical. Almost as if we're, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, not, not for show, we don't, we don't do this for show. We don't put on a show. We're not, we're not here to impress each other, okay? Um, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm not that impressive, okay? I, I, if, so if, if I try to do that, it's, it's fake, it's false. But we see here many different words that we could draw out from these passages. Honesty, as we just read in verse number 21. Uh, diligence in verse number 22. Uh, blameless in verse 20. Uh, proving oneself in, in verse 24. The zeal, the praise in the gospel. All of these different things. Talking about Titus's reputation. Talking about who he was as a Christian and as a person. He gave 
God a good name. He made God look good. So what do I see? What, or what do people see when they look at me? What do people see when they look at me? Do I give God a good name? Or am I just trying to, just trying to put on a show? I hope not. Let's move on to chapter nine. We're doing okay. Move on to chapter nine. I know I'm going kind of rapid fire here, but this, all, this whole passage kind of works together about talking about giving here. Verse number nine, or chapter nine, verse number one. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write unto you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. And we'll talk about a couple more verses in just a second, but we, he, he now commends the church at Corinth about their giving. He says, you've been an example of giving as well. He said, it's superfluous for me to write unto you. I don't even necessarily need to say this, okay, because you guys are doing a great job in this area already, okay? Um, but he's calling them to be an example of giving. He's calling them to be an example of giving. Other people should be able to look at my life, my walk, my actions, and be provoked to do good. Verse number two, for I know the forwardness of your mind for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago and that your zeal hath provoked very many. These people here in Corinth, again, he's commending them and saying, hey, you've, you've done well. Your zeal, your giving, your, your growth in this area has inspired a lot of people. It's, it's caused other people to take notice. It's caused other people to look on and to say, man, God's really using that church. God's really blessing them. They're, they're, a, bun they're a giving bunch of people. I wanna be like that. Your zeal hath provoked very many. Our zeal. So, when people look at me, talking about the, from the previous section here, have, giving God a good name and, and being a good, uh, having a good reputation and, and uh, being a good representation of Christ. If people were to follow my example or were to be provoked by my works, what would they be provoked to do? What would they be provoked to do? What do my actions, my words, what is my obedience, my, my level of obedience to the Lord? Does it provoke people to do right? Does my life encourage people to do right? You know, it, it's more than just, well, yeah, that, that's a good representation of Christ. Am I encouraging others, though? Am I, am I uh, not just a good example, but one who's trying to bring others up? And, and as Pastor mentioned, uh, one who comes along the side of to help. Am I that for other people in the church? in my life, in my family? What do, what do my works provoke other people to do? We're obviously commanded, we're commanded to provoke one another to good works. So when people get around you, what are they provoked to do? Are they provoked to good works? Are they provoked to praise the Lord? Are they provoked to, to you know, just worship and to, and to encourage and to pray? Or are they provoked to criticize? Are they provoked to, uh, you know, to backbite and to, and, and to just find fault or to sin? When people get around you, do they see Christ? Are they encouraged to become more like Christ because of their relationship with you? Because of their relationship with me? That's a convicting thought. When people walk away from me, are they encouraged? Are they provoked to become more like Christ? I hope so. Should be the desire of all of our hearts that we desire to provoke one another to good works and to do right, and, and in this case, to give here. But that's what these people were doing. Their, their zeal, their, their growth in this area had provoked people to do right and to grow in that area as well in terms of giving. Verse number three, yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, you may be ready, lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as a matter of covetousness saying, I, I kind of bragged on you to these churches in Macedonia, and uh, it would really be a shame if I bragged on you about giving, and I came and you just kind of proved the opposite. 
It's like uh, parents that, that tell, oh, my kid did this amazing thing. You should see it. And they, and they go out and try to get their kid to do this thing, and they won't ever do it when you try to provoke them to do the thing that, they say, that you say they can do. But sometimes it's even the opposite of that, where you're trying to get them to, you're showing off your kid a little bit, and your kid's over here destroying the house or something like that. Paul's trying to prevent that, okay? He's saying, okay, I bragged on you guys about this. Um, you know, make me proud, okay? I said you were doing good with the giving. Uh, let's, when we come and visit you, let's be good about it. And let's be good about the giving, okay? And so Paul here, kind of in a fatherly sense, if you will, he often felt that way towards, his, uh, towards the churches and the people that he had uh, ministered to on his many missionary journeys. Uh, he felt that kind of a relationship there. Um, but uh, really, that would be an example of selfishness. Selfishness brings shame, um, and that's really the opposite of giving, is selfishness. Um, that just brings shame uh, to myself, to whoever is, is, whatever it is that would be, um, you know, the person that is being selfish there. Um, the last part of this chapter we're going to look at here, verses 6 through 15, kind of just summarize a lot of the principles of giving. And some, a lot of this can be found in other passages in the Bible. We're going to focus on this. I might reference a couple of those um, in, in a minute here, but we're gonna kind of go through the last uh, 10 verses of this chapter here and just look at some principles of giving. Again, things that we can hopefully take and, and be reminded of. Most of you have probably heard a lot of these things before, um, but just be challenged. Does, does my mindset look like this when I'm called upon to give? Well, again, whether, whether monetarily, uh, whether in terms of my time or, or teaching or whatever it is, do, does my mindset look like this? First of all, we see a principle of giving, uh, a principle of sowing and reaping. Now, there's obviously a principle of sowing and reaping given in Galatians chapter six. Uh, many of you could quote that verse, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Okay, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And so, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. Exactly, okay, we understand that concept. Look at this, this is an extension of that. And it talks about sowing and reaping as well. Verse number six, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Not only will you reap what you sow, you will reap how much you sow. I, I think many Christians are gonna be, as we talked about, as Paul mentioned in verse number four, many Christians are gonna feel shame when they come to the judgment seat of Christ and they thought that they had done so much for Christ, but they realized and they, they're gonna to come to the realization that they had only given, they had only sown little. And therefore they reap little. You reap what you sow, yes, but you also reap how much you sow. We can't sow minimally and expect bounty. We can't give minimal time to Christ and expect maximum blessings. We can't give minimal attention to the things of God and expect complete and utter peace in every aspect of our lives because we, we give God the bare minimum and expect him to just overload us with blessings. Now God, God does give over and above what we give. Well, and we'll talk about that, but, but there, there, again, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So how much are we giving to God? How much are we giving to God? Not, again, not just talking about money here. How much time, how much attention do we give to the things of God? Do we give a lot? Do we give a little? Let's look at verse number seven. Moving on, on the second principle of giving. As we mentioned already, verse number seven, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. We talked about this earlier in chapter eight. Um, now, therefore, perform the doing, uh, I'm sorry, verse number, uh, yeah, verse number 11 of chapter eight, as there was a readiness to will, so there may be performance out of, also out of that which he have, for if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, not according to that he hath not. It's about you individually. It is an individual thing. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. This is not, it's not a contest. It's not a competition. We could see in the Gospels, Christ, uh, we see that, that passage where uh, the Pharisees and the people that were coming into the temple and making a big uh, to-do about how much they were giving and uh, you know, trying to make, it make the most noise as they dropped it in so that everybody would know how much they gave. That's not the purpose of giving. It's not a competition. 
It's not a contest, okay? Um, it, it, it's, that's not what it's about. It's not for show either. It, it, that's not what it's about. When we give, it should not be, it, it should not be well, well, look at me. Look at, I was able to give to this person and we proclaim about how we were able to give. That, that, that defeats the purpose. We give not to tell others about it. We give to please God. We give to obey God. We give to prove our love to God, not to show the people of God how close to God we are. I think it kind of shows the opposite, actually, if we do that. That's not the purpose of giving. It's not for show. Then we see a continuing in verse number seven, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. We're not supposed to give out of duty, but out of love. Not, uh, not I'll give if I have to, or it's commanded, so I guess I'll, you know, I'll, get, I'll put something in the offering plate, or... or Sometimes, unfortunately, if we've grown beyond that, you understand that that's a wrong mindset. But sometimes, well, if I don't give, God will be mad at me. If I don't give, then he's just, you know, I'm, I'm this wicked, uh, you know, well, disobedience is bad, yes, but if we feel like <clears throat> that's the foundation of our giving, we've got it wrong. God love of the cheerful giver. Our, our giving is supposed to come from our love of God. You may, it says several times in these two chapters here that you may prove your love, the sincerity of your love. That's where our giving comes from. The more we love someone, the easier it is to give, especially to them. The more we love, the, the more we love someone, the easier it is to give. Very, very brief and, and small example here. I told the guys this in, in Sunday school. Um, I've tried to make it a habit, um, especially recently, whenever... Whenever Anna leaves the house by herself, which is unfortunately not that often, um, whenever, whenever, she has to, whenever she goes somewhere, whatever, whether it's just to the store or if she's going out with friends or going to you know, a bridal shower uh, this past Saturday, all that stuff, whenever she goes out of the house by herself, <clears throat> I try to make it a point to get some project or something done around the house, whatever it is, depending on the length of the uh, time that she's away from home will determine the size of the project that I try to do, okay? And, and sometimes it's as simple as just, you know, I'm gonna do the dishes or, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, clean out this closet and reorganize it or something like that. That's not okay. Uh, there's some bigger projects that I've undertaken. But, you know, most people would probably say, and some people might enjoy it and that's fine. You know, you say, okay, you're doing the dishes illustration. Most people aren't like rejoicing when they have to do the dishes. It's like, ah, I have to do the dishes, and usually it's like before bed, and you're just like, I have to get this done. I don't want dirty dishes in my sink before I go to bed, so I'm going to do the dishes, and you kind of do it grudgingly, as we see in this passage. But when you love someone, if I'm, if I'm saying, okay, Anna's out of the house. I'm going to try to do something for her. I'm not standing there doing the dishes. Oh, I can't believe I have to do this. I can't, this is, this is just, why can't we just use paper plates for everything, okay? You know, that's not the mindset that I have when I'm trying to give a little bit of my time to please my wife. Because that task, that giving to her is about my love for her. It's not about, well, yeah, this, this is just a duty that I have to do. When you love someone, the more you love someone, the easier it is to give to them and to do things for them and to, to live your life to try to please them. It's the same way with God. The closer we get to God, the more you love him, number one. The more we love him, the more willing we are to give and to serve him and to do, to do what he's called us to do, to obey him. Not out of duty, but out of love. For, the, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loveth a cheerful giver. We talk, uh, moving on to verses eight through 10, we, we talked about this earlier as well. God has promised that he will take care of us if we will obey him. Verse number eight, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God has promised that he will take care of us. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We should be more concerned about obeying God than making sure that all of our, all of our needs are met. Our desire as Christians should be to obey God. God's, God's uh, then his, it's, it's, it's on him then to provide for us. 
The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. And, uh, and, and God does promise to take care of his own if we, will, if we will obey him. By the way, it's not just physical things that we're talking about here. Look at verse number 10, one more time. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. Yes, he will provide for your physical needs. Absolutely. If we will obey God in this area of giving, whatever it is that we're called to give, God has promised that he will take care of us. He's promised that he'll provide for us, okay? You can't outgive God. Can't have a message like this without saying that phrase because that's absolutely true. God has promised that he will take care of us. Yes, he will provide your physical needs and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Not only will he bless you and provide for you physically, but he will bless you spiritually as well. He has promised that if you will obey him and you will give of your, yes, of your money, but of our time, uh, of, of our talent, okay? Of maybe of our knowledge and teach and go out and share the gospel with people. He has promised that he will bring us fruits of righteousness as well. Rewards in heaven, uh, fruit, people getting saved, people seeing the truth, restoration of relationships. I don't, I don't know what, what God has, but we just need to obey and trust him that he will provide. And then we get on to the, the last section of this chapter here, verses 11 through 15. We see the root. For the admin, I'm sorry, verse number 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth us, uh, cause it through us thanksgiving to God for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. He had a mindset of gratitude and of thankfulness. And if we don't have that mindset, it does become really easy to become selfish. If we're not thankful, if we don't understand who it belongs to anyways, if we, if we think we deserve it, if we think that we, you know, this, yeah, this is, this, I'm entitled to have this stuff. I, I'm entitled to my own time. I'm entitled to this money. I worked hard and earned it. You know what? That, that sounds good. It sounds logical, but you know what? That's not how God works. God gave us our very life. God gave us the time that we have. He could take it away in an instant. God allowed us to get to, to have a job, to, to whatever. He allowed us to gain knowledge and to learn, to have those talents. God has given us everything. And it's not until we come to that true deep realization that we can give out of that cheerful heart, that we can give joyfully, and we can give to others, we can give and, and understand, not, not, not in an effort to repay God, because we can never repay God for what he has done for us. But as I said, just out of love and out of gratitude, not trying to repay God, not, not trying to say, I'm trying to earn favor with God, not saying, I'm, I'm trying to do this to get myself closer, but that's not how it works. No, but just say, God, I love you, and because I love you, because of what you have done for me, I am so thankful. This is just an effort to say thank you and to say I love you. That's what giving is. Last thing, verse number 13. Verse number 13. The purpose of giving is the gospel. The gospel. Verse number 13. Well, it's by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. These people understood the purpose of their giving was not just, man, I, yeah, I want to be a blessing to Paul, but why? Because Paul was carrying out the ministry of the gospel. That's why we give to missions, the ministry of the gospel. That's the purpose of our giving. There's many ways we can show Christ to others or show others Christ. We can tell them, literally. We can go and, and use our mouths. We can give the gospel, whether at church in terms of Sunday school or, or junior church or whatever it is, we can tell other people about Christ. We can give monetarily to the church or to missions. We, we talked about uh, being a good testimony and having a, a good reputation, making God look good and giving God a good name. All of those things deal with our giving in some form or another. One, one last thing here before we close. One other major aspect of giving is humility. I mentioned selfishness. And, and unfortunately, we talk about social media and stuff like that. Unfortunately, our, our society today is the, maybe the most selfish. I don't know if it is or not. We could compare, we're not comparing generations or anything like that. But uh, I, I think, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that it is, it is incredibly selfish, the society that we live in. Self-centered would be another way to say that. 
But humility is, is where true giving has to come from. Giving is selfless, not selfish. Of course, we could say great, in, in the Gospels, greater love hath no man than this, that a man, than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. That's selflessness. There's nothing in it for Christ. Us, we are nothing. He gave himself for us. Christ took upon him the form of a servant so that he could give himself for us. Again, our, our society is so selfish and so self-centered today. Most people, the only reason they give nowadays is so they can record it and put it on the internet so they can get a bunch of views on YouTube and therefore make money because of the money they gave away. Again, it's, it's their giving, their supposed charity and being you know, a benefactor to somebody else it's really selfishness. Their purpose is to make money through that. If you're, again, people, and I'm not saying anybody in here does that, I don't know, but you know, it, it, true selflessness does not give for the recognition. They do it to meet a need. They do it to show their love for God. They do it to help spread the gospel. Let's grow in our giving. I don't, I don't know what area we need to take a step in. I don't know if it's maybe monetarily, maybe it's, maybe it's giving of your time. Maybe it's taking on a teaching role. Maybe, maybe it's you know, give, giving of, of your talent to the church. I don't know what it is, but, or maybe it's just the mindset or the perspective that we need to change about our giving or our yieldedness, our willingness to be able to give or our faith, trusting that God's gonna take care of us if we will obey him. I don't know what it is, but we, like Paul said here, and here and I give my advice for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. Let's be a giving church. Let's be a giving church. God blesses it when we give. There's many people that need the gospel. Let's give them the gospel. It's one of the ways we can give and, and a way we're called to give, every single one of us. Let's give what God has called us to give. Let's pray and we will be done tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ultimate example of giving. And we